you get to a certain point in life and you realize that your life is probably at least half over. You get to that certain age where you can no longer say you're, you're a young married, you're now a middle-aged person, and you begin to reflect about, uh, about the changes in your life. Greg uh, Laurie, who's a pastor, offers the following advice about determining whether or not you are getting old. He says, you know you're getting old when you actually look forward to a dull evening at home. You know you're getting old when your mind makes commitments your body cannot keep. Okay? You know you're getting old when everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. You know you're getting old when you sink your teeth into a big, juicy steak and they stay there. (laughs) Not there yet. You know you're getting old when you dim the lights for economic reasons, not romantic ones. You know you're getting old when you've owned clothes for so long they come back into style twice. I can relate to that one. I have a, a sweatshirt that predates Nancy, believe it or not. She's tried to throw it away several times. But. You know you're getting old when you sing along to the elevator music. And the last one, you know you are getting old when you look at your pillbox in the morning to see what day it is. <laughs> Today we look at the story of, a, of an old man. A man who's named Caleb and he's 85 years old. But even though he's old in years, he is passionate and vigorous in his heart. It's from an Old Testament text, Joshua 14, and it's about a true hero in the scripture. But before we look at at this passage regarding Caleb and what we can learn about him regarding faith and following the Lord, no matter what your age or circumstance, let's do a little bit of background. Now, This is the first, not the first time that we've heard about Caleb in the Bible. Back in Deuteronomy 1, verse 22 Moses is urging the people of Israel to go into the promised land, the land that God has promised him. He says, go into it. Take it. It's there. It's, it's there. Take it. Go into the land. And God tells him over and over again to do so. But before they enter the promised land, they come to the Jordan River. They've left slavery in Egypt. They've gone through the desert. They've seen God's hand at work. He delivered them through the Red Sea. He's brought manna from heaven. So he brought water out of a rock and so on and so forth. God has been there for them. But before they enter the promised land, they... They do what seems to be a pretty prudent thing. They put together a reconnaissance team. And in Numbers 13 and 14, it says that they pick one person from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to go into the land and kind of spy things out. See where the cities are, see where the water sources are, you know, things like that. And the person who's chosen to represent the very important tribe of Judah is a man named Caleb. Now, it's remarkable that they chose Caleb. Because as you look at the scripture, you see that Caleb was not a, he was not a blue blood Israelite. In fact, he wasn't an Israelite at all. He was, he was a foreigner. He was a Gentile who somehow or another, his family had become a part of the people of God. They had, they had seen God at work and they'd chosen to put their lot with God and believe that he was the one true God. And so they've been, they've been grafted into the body of Christ, into the people of God. And so they chose him. Even though he was not an Israelite by by blood, they chose him to be the representative to spy, to be part of the spy team. So he's obviously a man of character, a man of courage, and he was well-respected. So these 12 spies, they go into the land, and and everything that God has told them about the land is true. It's fruitful, it's beautiful, it's, it's, it's incredible. But there's two problems. The cities of the people are walled. They're fortresses. How do you, how do you attack those? And the people in the land are huge. 
They're taller, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're, they're giants. And so these 12 spies come back, and, and 10, of them, 10 of them measure the giants against themselves. And they say, we can't do it. There's no way. They're too big. They're too strong. We're like grasshoppers next to them. We can't do it. All the promises of God to their forefather, Abraham, the power that God has displayed so many times in the desert, all they can see are the size of the giants and the size of the walls. And they shrink back in fear. Let's find another place to go. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, have a different perspective. They measure the giants against God. And and to a great God, those giants, in their estimation, were puny. They were prepared to go into the land. They said, we can do it. God is with us. Let's take the land. He will surely deliver the land into our hands. He's promised us this place. But fear wins the day. And the people listen to the ten. Now, from our text, we now come to Caleb. They've come into the promised land. They've gone through the Jordan River. They've taken down Jericho. They've had some other battles. They've won a few other battles. But there's still areas of the country that have not been defeated. And one of these areas is this place called the Hill Country. It's, it's, on, it's, it's the mountains. And it's, it's, got, it's the hardest place. It's got walled cities and it's got giants. The descendants of Anak. And Anak was... The, was the, Goliath would have been a part of that family down the road. And so we now come to this situation, and, and Caleb asks for the hardest job. He's 85 years old, and he says, I'll take it. Giants, mountains, hills, I'm 85. I'm still as strong as I was when I was 40. I'll take it. Give it to me. Which is an incredible, incredible show of faith and of passion and excitement. So from our text this morning, we're going to pull out four, four statements that can help us as we ourselves walk towards the promised land, as we ourselves face difficult situations, giants or mountains, if you want to call them, in our lives. Four things that can help us as well. The first is Caleb remembers God's promises. Verse 6, Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me back from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt in fear, but I followed the Lord, my God, fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your family for your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God fully. So here's a man who has been holding on to the promises of God for the past 40 years. He had faith 40 years ago. He and Joshua had faith 40 years ago. And, and because of that faith, God promises Joshua, or Caleb through Moses that the land that he had scouted out, this area called Hebron, would be his someday and for his descendants. It was a promise from God to Caleb. And Caleb holds on to it. All those years. And now he's ready to claim it. Now, as we go through life, we should never, ever forget who we are and what God has done for us. God's promises to us and for us in Christ Jesus. I'm not sure where you're coming from this morning. I'm not sure what the situations are in your lives. 
uh, what sort of challenges or giants or mountains you might be facing, difficult situations. But I promise you that you can stand upon God's promises. God has a promise for each situation that we face in life. And God's promises are true. For example, maybe you're feeling lonely and isolated today. You really don't feel like you connect with anybody. God's promise to you is that he will never, ever leave you. He will never, ever forsake you. Maybe this morning you're feeling confused. You're unsure of what's next in your life. God promises that if we do not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. Maybe you're facing a tough situation at work and you need wisdom. You need clarity. It seems like there's a couple different uh, paths you could go down. They're both pretty good. You're not sure which one to choose. God promises that if we in faith ask him for wisdom, that he will surely give it. Maybe you're feeling shame or guilt. Maybe about things you've done in your past or maybe things you're struggling with today. God promises that if we confess our sin, he will forgive us our sin and he will make us clean. He'll wipe the slate clean before him. That's a promise. And maybe you're afraid. Maybe fear has a grip on you. And it's fear about the future, about your family. Maybe it's fear about your health or your finances. God promises that he is always with us and that nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. God's promises are true. And we are to hold on to them in life as we walk towards the promised land. Now, that's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to do when you're we're facing cancer or, or a death or, or, a, or a child who's wandered off or whatever it might be. It's hard sometimes in the midst of that pain and, and the feeling to, to hang on to God's promises. So let's learn from Caleb how to do that. Next, we see that Caleb reflects upon God's goodness and blessings. He does this in verses 10 and 11. He says, Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years. From the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I'm 85 years old today. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now let's think about Caleb's life. For the past 40 years... It's been desert and death. They've been in the desert wandering for 40 years, and every day he sees people that he knows, his peers, family, friends, dying one by one by one. Remember the story? They come to the promised land, and and all who did not believe God's promises, all who shrank back, which was basically everybody except for Caleb and Joshua, Everybody who was an adult in that, in that generation, God said, you will not enter the promised land. My consequence to you will be that you will die in the desert. And so for 40 years, Caleb has seen his friends, his family, his neighbors, his peers die off one by one by one. And now it's just, it's just him and Joshua. That's a pretty tough place to be in. Seeing everybody you know around you dying off one by one and you're the last ones. All he'd known to that point for the last 40 years was desert and death. And yet, and yet his, he's not discouraged. He, he's not despondent. He's not pessimistic. The scripture shows us that his engines are still revving. He's, his fire is still burning in his heart. 
He's living wide open and full out, full throttle for God, even at 85 years old. And what fueled that passion was a perspective and an attitude that believed that God was good and that God had blessed him in the past and why wouldn't he continue to bless him in the future? If you step back and reflect for a little bit, how has God blessed you in your life? What are the things that he's done in your past, he's doing now, that's a blessing to you? You know, none of our lives are completely full of only good and blessings. There's going to be some hard times, the Bible tells us that, but each of us is blessed beyond, beyond our, our, what we're due. There's an old hymn called Count Your Blessings. Maybe some of you sang it growing up. I did in small country church. And, and the first verse uh, really is, is pretty powerful. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Keep a record of what God has done. And it will fuel your passion. It will grow your faith. It will help you as you go through life. Let's list some of the blessings. The ability to see, to think, to enjoy good food, to enjoy beauty, God's creation, health, family, the ability to earn a living, shelter, Freedom in a country like this, a church family, God's word, his, his Holy Spirit, his promises, Jesus Christ, his son, salvation and eternal life. The list goes on and on and on. God has blessed us in a very powerful, in a very palpable real, a way. Count your blessings. Keep a record of what God has done. Next, Caleb Request big things from God. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakites were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Caleb wasn't shy about asking for what he'd been promised. He's not being presumptuous, but he's not shrinking back either. He's bold about claiming the promises of God. You know, God's heart is thrilled when we step up to the throne of grace and we come to him in confidence and we ask him for his promises to be fulfilled in our lives. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that represents God so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Here's Caleb, 85 years old, and he's fired up about rushing in and claiming his inheritance. He believes that when he asks big things according to God's promises, that it's a done deal. It's already done. And the Bible says that Caleb did that. He, he fought hard and he expelled the three sons of Anak. What faith, what passion for God. Now, there are two kinds of faith. There's a faith about something and there's faith in something. And both kinds of faith are gifts from God, available to anyone Faith, uh, belief about God, faith about God is necessary before we can have faith in Him. We have to believe that He exists before we can put our belief in Him. And so God graciously has revealed Himself to us over the centuries in nature and in history, through the prophets, through the church, and most importantly and, and completely through Jesus Christ. So it begins with faith about God. But then we, we read the Bible or we hear a message 
we, something happens in our life and we become, we can become convinced in our minds that this God is worth trusting, that he's real, that he's good. And we make a commitment of faith to him and we become a Christian and we make a faith in Jesus Christ. And then we begin to, we're called to nurture and grow that faith in him, to increase in that faith. The apostles asked Jesus to help them increase their faith in Luke 17. And Jesus said in Mark 9, everything is possible to the one who has faith. Like Caleb, we are to ask God for great things according to his promises. Now, faith does not mean shutting off our brains. We are to use the ability to reason that God has given us to seek his will and seek his direction. But there are certainly times and situations that are beyond our understanding. And as our faith grows and we know that the God in whom we trust is good and loving and faithful, there are times when we sometimes have to trust him when our reason can't supply all the answers. Now, there's a differentiation between asking in faith according to God's promises and being presumptuous. It's very easy at times to confuse our will and our purposes with God's. And so we have to be careful not to say, I'm claiming God's promises for my life, when it's really, if we're honest with ourselves, and we step back, it's really not in line with Scripture. It's not in line with what God wants for us. That's being presumptuous. God will not answer that prayer. But when we ask God in faith according to His promises, God will deliver every time. In His way, in His, in his timing, God will deliver every time. Now back to Caleb. In Joshua 4, from a human perspective, it did not make sense that an 85-year-old man would be given the task of going into the mountains and rousting out all these giants living in fortified cities. But Caleb wasn't worried about that. He knew that it wasn't a human perspective that mattered. It was God's perspective that really counted. And so he had faith, and he acted upon that faith, and he asked God for big things according to God's promises, and God delivers. Caleb receives what God has promised. Verse 13. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. So he received what he'd been promised. He got what he'd promised. He got what he asked for. And here's another truth for us. When we claim God's promises, according to his will, when we claim his promises, not our will, but we claim his promises, the answer is always yes. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20 says, For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Now, His yes may look different than what we want the yes to be. But God, His promises are always fulfilled. Paul says, For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Caleb was a man of incredible passion, even though he was 85. A great example for us, and another example I'm going to share with you in conclusion, is about a man named Dr. Paul Brand. Maybe you recognize his name. He's a, a doctor and, and Christian author. He co-authored a book with Philip Yancey, bestseller oh, 15, 20 years ago, called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. He was speaking at a retirement party, and he, he said this. I remember well when I was at my physical peak. I was 27 and had just finished medical school. A group of friends and I were mountain climbing and we could climb for hours. For some people, when they cross that peak, for them, life is over. He goes on. 
I remember well my mental peak, too. I was 57 and was performing groundbreaking hand surgery. All of my medical training was coming together in one place. For some people, when they cross this peak, for them, life is over. He says, I'm now over 80 years old. I recently realized I'm approaching another peak, my spiritual peak. All I have sought to become as a person has the opportunity to come together in wisdom, maturity, kindness, love, joy, and peace. And I realize when I cross that peak, for me, life will not be over. It will have just begun. No matter the situation that you face today, no matter the giants or the mountains, no matter how difficult it may appear to you, God's promises are for you today. Will there be giants still? Yes. Will there be mountains? Sure. Will there be next to impossible situations? Of course. But will there be great things to be done for God? Absolutely. Will God come through according to His promises? Certainly. We are called, like Caleb, to trust in God, to step out in faith, to count our blessings, to ask Him for great things, and to know without a doubt that His promises will be true in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. And Lord, we thank You for the example of of Caleb. Lord, we learn from him that um, we never really retire in the faith. We are called to search for Your truth, to follow You, to love You, to believe, to walk in faith to keep taking on the challenges that you that are come our way in life. Father, we pray that um, we would be people who, who know your promises, who are confident of your blessings in our life, who never take them for granted. And may, Lord, we be people who ask you for great things according to your will and to your promises. Help us, Lord Jesus, like Caleb, to be people of passion, of action, and of faith at every stage and every turn of our lives. May it be so. Amen.